Hi, I'm Dominic Insinius, leader of The Heart. I want to welcome you to The Heart Podcast. Thank you for letting us be a small part in your journey of faith. I hope this message today encourages you and strengthens you. Big things can happen when we expect God to move, so I pray today that God would speak to you through this message. Today, we are starting a brand new message series called Wish You Were Here. And what I want to do over the next several weeks is dig into this idea of wishing you were somebody else, somebody who was smarter than you, wishing you were somebody else, wishing somebody you were somebody who was faster than you, stronger than you. Maybe, maybe you wish you were more spiritual than you are. What does it look like to wish we were somewhere else in life? And how do we deal with where we are in relation to where we wish we were? How do we deal with that gap between where we are and where we wish we were? And how do we get our mindset right to be able to focus on that and not let it run away from us? And so today, as we start this series, I want to focus on our mindset. I want us to get our minds right. Get your mind right. For myself, and and I do want a show of hands if anybody is like this. Uh, If you don't know what FOMO is, F-O-M-O, FOMO is fear of missing out. And I have an extreme case, one of the most extreme cases ever, I've been told by several doctors, that my FOMO is extreme. Does anybody else have FOMO? Does anybody else have a fear of missing out? You have a fear of missing out on a party or somebody's doing something, you're like, oh, where's the invite? Or as we like to say in our friend group, very sarcastically, wow, sick invite. Uh, And it does great for communication and friendship. I have an extreme, and I know not everybody is like that, as I just saw from the show of hands, but I, I'll, I'll, you know, I'm on Instagram or, or, or Facebook, and I'll see somebody in their stories, they're on the lake, I'm like, wow, I, w- I want to go to the lake. Or I see some, you know, some party or something happen, I'm like, well, that would have been cool to be invited to that. I wish I was there. Or can, somebody can just whisper something, you know? I'll get a text from somebody say, hey, we might go to, you know, somewhere in the park. We might go to this thing on Friday. And I'm calling Amber at work, and I'm like, hey, can you get off your work meeting calls? Because I got big plans that we're trying to make this weekend. Somebody might go do this, so I'm rearranging our plans. I'll mow the lawn Friday morning to make sure we have time to go out to this possible party. And it's not even a party. It's just someone who mentioned they might do something. And it's good for me to have someone like Amber, my wife Amber, who is, you know, a constant like, why don't we just stay home? Because I need that balance because I'm the constant, yeah, that's a good idea, but what about my idea of we go out and do everything every night of the week and never get any rest? What do you think about that idea? And you know what's funny, and this is, maybe this is the paradox of being an adult, or maybe I, have, I definitely do have issues, but maybe I have issues with this in particular, because there's many times where I'll make plans, some of you are like this, you make plans with somebody, and you're excited about the plans, and then about two hours before the plans, you're like, I wish I had never made these plans at all. I would like to cancel these plans, I hope they text me and say something came up, and I could be like, oh man, maybe next time. 
I'm like, Amber, are you feeling sick? Can I blame this on you? And I've made Amber, you know, we've been married for 16, uh, almost 16 and a half years, and I've made her my scapegoat all the time. Uh, I, you know, early on in our marriage, I was like, can I, are you okay with me just blaming you when I want to get out of plans? And she said, yeah, that's perfectly fine, because I don't care what people think of me, which is great, because I care almost way too much what people think of me. What a great balance we make. Guys, I'd like to come out. Oh, my wife, oh, the old ball and chain. Trust me, I want to go out. And then cut to me later with the feet propped up, finishing Stranger Things on the couch. So where do you wish you were? Maybe like, like I said, you're not like me. You, 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 don't, you don't have FOMO. You don't wish you were at parties. But maybe there's a part of you that wishes you were a little bit healthier. Do you wish you were healthier mentally? Do you wish you were healthier physically? Do you wish you were more spiritual? Do you wish you were someone who prayed more? Do you wish you were the kind of person that was patient with your loved ones? Do you wish you were the kind of person that trusted God no matter what? For many of us, I, I would dare say for all of us, there is something in our life where we think, I wish I was here. I know where I'm not, right? You can look at your life in a few different areas or maybe many different areas or maybe it's just one and you say, I wish I was here. I wish I was more efficient at my job. I wish I was a better listener. So what do we do with that gap? Now, for me, as we approach this kind of concept of wishing we were somebody else, wishing we were somewhere else, one of the things I really wanted to make sure we understood before we moved forward was how to even address it, because that can be somewhat intimidating, and for some of us, scary, for some of us, discouraging, to think too long to ponder on it too long, to where if, we, if we're just looking at places that we wish we were, then what that can do, if we're not careful, is start to breed this discontent. Where if we're just thinking about where we wish we were, we can start to think, well, I have so many wishes of where I could be, I'm starting to get a little bit unsatisfied with where I am. You could be, uh, if, you, if you constantly wish you had a new car, how long is it before you're very dissatisfied with that piece of junk you're driving around San Marcos? People are pointing at your car and laughing at it. I'm laughing at them, not with them, you know. If you're constantly wishing you had a better house, how long is it before you are no longer grateful for the four walls that are around you? So what do we do when we say, okay, I wish I was somewhere else. I wish I was somebody else. And how I want to start that today, and not just today, but for this message, there's there are a couple of key things I need you to know. And very, oh, so rarely do I have two things to say to you in one message, but today I have two things to say to you in this one message. Usually I spend about 28 minutes telling you one thing. But today I want to share two things that I feel like are so strongly connected that it was easy enough to put them together. 
So I want to look at a couple of different uh, verses today. Now, before, actually, before we look at the verses, for this series, for today, I want to challenge you with There's going to be a challenge today, but I want to challenge you with something. Our word for the year as a church, as a community, is expect. And for the rest of the year, I want to, every series, start with a moment of expectation. You get to bring your expectation to this message, to a Sunday morning, to this series. And maybe you can't listen to them all or you can't be here for all the Sundays. That's okay. But what if you brought some expectation to the rest of the time we had together today? You said, okay, for the rest of the time that Dom is speaking, I expect to get something that I can take home with me. I expect to be able to challenge myself with maybe some of the verses that we're going to hear today. There's power in expectation. Expectation many times can drive where our thoughts go, where our actions end up. So I want to challenge you to bring an element of expect to today and to this series. Now, one of, the, one of the verses I want to look at is in Philippians, and actually both verses are going to be in Philippians, both uh, of, these, of these messages we're going to look at. The first one is Philippians 1.6. Now, if you don't know a lot about the Bible, Philippians is actually a letter that was written from a man named Paul. He wrote this letter to a, a group of believers, a kind of church community that he had helped start up, or, or at least his teachings had helped start up. And Paul was instrumental in guiding people on how to live this new way, this new Christian life. Now, Paul wasn't always Christian. In fact, he was very strongly, zealously Jewish, and he had a real problem with Christians. His name used to be Saul. He had a real problem with Christians. He would want Christians to be thrown in jail. He was tracking down people who were saying that the, the, way that they, the way we have doing things for thousands of years is now updated to this new way of doing things. He wasn't into that. And he had this incredible encounter with Jesus, and he changed. In fact, he, you know, he had to go through a rebranding. You know, he changed his name from Saul to Paul. He got a new logo, new website. It was a whole rebrand. He didn't have a logo. That was a joke. And so what he did here in this particular letter that we're going to read, this particular part, is he is speaking to this group of believers, this group of people who are trying to figure out what it's like to live a life of faith, just like you and I are doing now. We're trying to figure out how to live a life of faith. And if you've ever thought, I wish I was further along in any area of your life, I wish I was further along in my faith, I wish I was further along in my prayer, I wish I was better at reading the Bible, I wish I was further along in whatever it happens to be, check out how he shares and encourages them very early on in this letter. Check this out. This is Philippians 1, this is Philippians chapter 1, verse 6. He says, there has never been, and this is in uh, the Message Bible, so when you look it up, your Bible, it might look a little different. You know, the New King James, NIV, uh, the Passion Bible, New Living Translation, all those look a little bit differently. It doesn't make any of them wrong or right, in my opinion. It doesn't make any of them wrong or right. Uh, what I see, in my opinion, it gives us a, 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 an overall kind of broad glimpse of what the authors of the Bible were really trying to say. 
Okay, so check this out. I promise I'm going to read it eventually. There has never been the slightest doubt in my mind that God who started this great work in you would keep at it and bring it to a flourishing finish on the very day Christ Jesus appears. That God who started this great work in you would keep it going. That God who started this great work in you would keep it going all the way until Jesus comes back. What I see there, I'm very encouraged by this because here's what I see. I see there that these people, and maybe myself, maybe you as well, we are a work in progress. God is continually working on us, working in us. God has started an amazing work in us, and that work will continue until it's done which means you and I, we are not done. I know that's such a simple concept, but I want us to apply that to this idea of, well, I wish I was here. I wish I, was, I, wish I, was, I, wish I had this much faith. Well, don't worry, you're not done. I wish I was a better listener. Hey, maybe you can be because you're not done. You're a work in progress. I wish I was more patient. Good news. You're a work in progress. There is still work to be done. God is still working in you and on you. We don't have the type of faith where God steps back and says, look, I gave you everything. Now it's, that's on you, playboy. You know, you can do whatever with it, what you will. I'm going to be busy up in heaven. We got a poker game at seven, you know, $20 buy-in. Or however, I don't know, whatever they do in heaven. Ten crown buy-in, or you know what I mean. No, God is working in you and on you until it is finished. So if you're sitting here breathing air, if you're still going, then you are not finished. You are a work in progress. So there, if there is somewhere that you wish that you were, there is very good news for you that you are a work in progress. And being a work in progress, that's not a negative thing. I'm not, talking about, uh, I'm not talking about how, yeah, that's not a negative. That's a positive. That's a positive step in the right direction. I'm not talking about, I, I've known, I've known uh, there's this thing, maybe I haven't known girls. I haven't. Uh, there's this thing where some girls will date a guy and, like, make that guy their project. I've seen movies. I don't know anybody like that. You know what I'm talking about? Or some people who, maybe it's guys too, you know, equal opportunity, who uh, are looking for girls or guys to date or whatever, and they say, I want somebody who I can fix. That's not what God is looking to do for us. God is not looking to fix us. God is looking to grow us. We are not a problem for God to fix. We are in a relationship with God. And in any healthy relationship, there is no fixing. You want to know what there is? I'll tell you. Let's go to Philippians chapter 1, and we're going to go to verses 9 through 11. Now, this right here is Paul kind of telling them what his prayer is for them. So check this out. He says, this is my prayer, that your love will flourish, and that you will not only love 
much, but well. Learn to love appropriately. You need to use your head and test your feelings so that your love is sincere and intelligent, not sentimental gush. It's a good one. Live a lover's life, circumspect and exemplary, a life Jesus will be proud of, bountiful in fruits from the soul, making Jesus attractive to all, getting everyone involved in the glory and praise of God. I always love, this is just real quick, I always love, and I say always meaning it, never say never, right? Unless you're the Biebs. I always love when somewhere in the Bible is written everyone. Instead of, because it doesn't say every believer, right? It doesn't say all Christians. It says getting everyone involved. I think sometimes it can be tempting to live like in a Christian world and you surround yourself with Christians and you do Christian things. And there's nothing wrong with doing Christian things. There's nothing wrong with having Christian people around you. But the love that has been placed in us through God that we are now empowered to share, that love is for everyone. Not just the people who believe the same things we believe. Not just the people who agree with us. So here's what I see here. I see a way. Paul is showing us a way on how how we can bridge that gap, see that gap, know what we need to do. Paul is showing us here, right here in this. Our love would flourish in that not only will we love much, but love well. Another translation says that Paul, his, Paul's prayer for us is that our love would grow in knowledge and in depth of insight. How does your knowledge grow in anything? You spend time in it. You spend time doing it. How do you get to know someone more? When you first met your girlfriend or boyfriend, when you first met your now husband or wife, what did you do at the very beginning? Oh, you couldn't get enough of each other, or at least Amber. We were on AOL Instant Messenger every night. That's a throwback. <laughs> uh, that's true and sad. Mostly sad, but very true. We wanted to get to know each other as much as we could. And even though we got to know each other so much, 16 years later in marriage, there are still things that we're learning about each other. You probably heard, and I've probably said it about my own son. Maybe you've heard a parent say, or maybe you're a parent and you've said this or still think this, that no one knows your kids better than you do, right? And I would say that is mostly true. But sometimes as parents, and, and maybe it's just me, that the older my son gets, I have to come to terms with, he is also continuing to grow. So he'll put on some song, and I'll be like, when did you start liking this music? You've never liked this music. Have you ever had a conversation like this with your parents? You've never liked this. That doesn't make sense to me that you like this music now. You have never liked this. You used to say that you would never listen to music like this. 
Yeah, but I was also 12 years old when I said that, and now I'm 19. Give me a break. I have a recording of Corbin when he was 11 years old uh, saying, he, 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 just, he just did not like lying. He's like, I'll never lie. And I was like, I'm going to put this on recording. So what did you say? He said, I'll never lie, Dad. I was like, never ever? He's like, that's right, Dad, I'll never lie. And now he's just a big, fat liar. <laughs> not really. No, we grow, we change, we learn. We, 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 we learn different things as we're growing up, and we change. So we always have an opportunity to know someone more. And my challenge for you, what I want for you, is to know God more, and here's why. Because if you know that you are loved, if you get to know God, I have a strong feeling that if you get to know God, you're going to know and see how much God loves you. When we know that we are loved, if you're taking notes, write this down. When we are loved for who we are, when we are loved for who we are right here, right now, not your potential, not what you could be, not what you may be, but for when, when you are loved for who you are right now, it empowers you to grow into who you wish to be. So all those places you wish you were, you wish you were healthier, you wish you were more spiritual, you wish you were faster, you wish you were stronger, you wish you were more patient, all these places you wish you could be, when you understand and know that you are loved for exactly who you are, where you are, now you're empowered. Now you are empowered to make the choice to grow, not forced to grow, not pushed into it. And that's what God does. God loves us for who we are. God looks at our past and says, yeah, I know. I still love you for who you are. God looks at our future says, it's going to be great. We're going to do great things. But I love you for who you are here. And I'll tell you this, when you know where you are now, then you can grow to where you want to be. One of our core values here at The Heart is honesty. And when you are honest with yourself about where you are now, then and only then can you grow from there into where you want to be. And we can do that by growing in knowledge by learning how to love. And one of the great ways we can learn how to love is to spend time with God. Now, I don't know what spending time with God looks like for you. Maybe for you, that is taking some time to pray. Maybe for you, that is journaling. Maybe for you, that's reading the Bible. Maybe for you, that's listening to Christian music. Maybe for you, that's taking a long hike through purgatory or just being in nature. I know a lot of people who just feel the presence of God in them when they're out on the lake or out in the river or out in the woods. But I want you to do this specifically to understand how much you are loved. That's what I want you to do this week, to spend time with God to see how much you are loved. Because as we dig into this idea of wishing we were somewhere else, if we aren't starting off at a place where we know we are loved, 
then we get into that dangerous place where we become discontent with where we are. But if we know we're loved for what's happening now, then we're now empowered. I see this in my son. Sometimes I do a good job, sometimes I don't. Like any dad, like any parent. Sometimes I feel like, man, I nailed that. Parenting is a breeze. That's about once, a, once every couple years. And sometimes I'm like, man, that was, that was the mistake I've been avoiding for the past couple years, and there it was. But even me as an earthly father, even me as someone who is simply human, I can know the difference when I see my son doing something because he is empowered to do it and doing something when he has been forced to do it. This is a, a, a small thing. I'll just share this story real quick. My son, his, his uh, battery on his car uh, died. And, um, you know, he took it to AutoZone. They did the test. It's the battery. And for his car, the battery is, you know, $215 or whatever. And for most of his life, I have tried to clear the path and make it easy for him. And that was through my own, you know, I have my own guilt and my own things I'm working through. And I was just, you know, just dumping my issues onto him, I guess, with every dollar I gave him or whatever. He'll figure it out in therapy just like I did. But for whatever reason, this time I was like, I am not going to buy the battery for him. And I really wanted to. And it would have been pretty easy to buy it for him. I was like, I'm not going to do it. And I didn't make a point of it. <laughs> you know, I wasn't like, sorry, bro. You're not getting a battery from Pops. It was more of like, hey, so what do, you, what do you think, man? Do you need some help putting it in when you get it? Or how can I help? And instead of it turning into this thing of, well, I'm not going to help you, and him saying, why can't you help me? I wanted to help empower him. Like I said, this happens once every couple of years, but he just started working a bunch more shifts at work, putting in a lot of work, empowered him to, to make his money. He bought the battery. I helped him put it in, drove the car around, got some Sonic. I bought, obviously. I have a problem. But you know what that did is it didn't just empower him to work more, big whoop. Working more helped him to build some strong friendships with these people that he worked with. And now, instead of this summer of waiting to go back to college, now he has friends here as well. So just a little bit of an empowerment has already changed what his entire summer looked like. And that's just me from an earthly father and a small little example. What would happen if you and I got to know our heavenly father a little bit more? What would happen if you and I decided to say, yeah, there's somewhere I wish I could be, but I know that I'm a work in progress, and I know that while I'm a work in progress, I am loved for who I am, where I am. There's so much pressure to be perfect, to be the best, to have it all together in the Christian world and outside. And so what if for just this week, you gave yourself permission to say, I do have some work, I'm a work in progress, 
and I'm going to spend some time with God this week to know that I am loved. That's my challenge for you this week. That's what I want for you. I'm going to take that challenge as well. That's the challenge I have for you. If you could, real quick, close your eyes and bow your head. I want to pray for you this morning. If you think that you want to take that challenge with me this week, and you want to take the time to spend with God, whether it be through prayer or music or in nature or journaling, to see how much you are loved. If you think you want to take that challenge with me, put your hand up real quick and leave it there just for a moment so I can see it. Okay, go ahead and put your hands down. Let's pray. God, we are so grateful to have a community here that supports us, that guides us. I pray that we would be bold this week in getting to know you and getting to know ourselves. God, thank you for the love that you have put in us. Thank you for empowering us to start from where we are, wherever that is. That we would put our prayers towards you. Our prayers, they might be wishes. That our prayers could be wishes, but with our faith behind them. Thank you for that, and we pray that in your name. Amen. Thanks for listening to The Heart Podcast. At The Heart, we like to say you don't have to go to church here to go to church here. That means you are already part of the community just by listening to the message today. If today's message connected with you, we want to invite you to share it with someone who may benefit from it. We would love to be a part of your journey of faith. Please visit us online at www.theheart.church forward slash next to see what your next step may be. And if you live near San Marcos, Texas, we would like to invite you to visit us in person this Sunday morning at 10 a.m. Remember to be bold this week and connect with those around you. It's how your relationships grow and how your faith grows. Mm -hmm.